you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. This morning, I'm going to take your attention into the word of the Lord for a few moments today. And if you would like to turn with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, I'm going to be reading from the 10th. And 11th verse of 1 Peter chapter 4. Amen. Looking forward to a great week ahead. Youth rally on Friday night. Good things in store. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 10. As every man hath received the gift... Even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By the help of the Lord today, uh, I want to speak to you about what God has put and placed in your hand. And for a title this morning, I will use... These words, use what's in your hand. Use what's in your hand. Would you pray with me one more time that the Lord would help us deliver the word of the Lord today? Pray with me now. God, we love you this morning and thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this wonderful group of people that are gathered here today. Lord, I am dependent and trusting in you and on your word and trusting that you're going to do great things In Jesus' name, let everyone say amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Use what's in your hand. On the backside of a Midian desert, God spoke to Moses and asked him one of the most important questions that Moses would ever be asked. I know many would say the the greatest question that Moses was asked is, would you go? Would you be my spokesperson? Would you lead? Would you lead the children of Israel out? But those were not the most important things that God said to Moses. It all started much before all of the great, wonderful things we read of Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. Long before he meets with Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses is on the backside of a Midian desert and God speaks to him and asks him a question. And he says, Moses, what is in your hand? Moses answers to him and says, well, God, it's, it's, it's a shepherd's rod. And the Lord said to him, I want you to take what is in your hand and I, 
I want you to cast it down. And he cast the rod to the ground. And the story goes that the rod becomes a serpent. And Moses ran. He was smarter than people gave him credit for. Moses fled from before it and the Lord said to Moses, Put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. There was a great test of faith. Moses reaches down and catches the snake, the serpent, by the tail. And when he picks, goes to pick the snake up from the ground by the tail, again, it is a shepherd's rod. God was teaching Moses a very important lesson that I want to speak to you this morning and I want to impose upon you the idea that God created through this example with Moses and a thread all through Scripture and we're going to refer to a few of those this morning and it's the same thing that Peter says in the fourth chapter that I read to you this morning that if God has gifted you with something, if God has placed something in your hand, if God has given you a talent, an ability, use what's in your hand. People are often asking God to give them what they do not have. They're saying, God, would you give me this gifting? God, would you call me to this? God, would you use me here? People are often asking for what they do not have. But God is teaching us a lesson through Moses. And Peter imposes the same lesson upon us in the New Testament. And he's saying, learn to use what you already have. I've seen and talked to people and had people come and say, well, I'm going here. And when I get there, this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes I smile and I learned a long time ago to hug them when they come and hug them when they go. And I, I just kind of have learned to let things pass. Sometimes don't speak everything that comes to mind. But sometimes when people say, well, I'm going to go here and this is what I'm going to do when I get there, I know that that's not true. That's not what's going to happen when they get there because they didn't do what they think they're going to go do there. They did not do when they were here. Anybody with me this morning? Don't think that just because you move from one side of town to the other that your life is going to be completely different because when you move, it's going to be you that wakes up every morning just in a different house. People ask God, would you, would you gift me? Would you talent me? Would you give me opportunity? Would you use me? But instead, I want to turn this around this morning and say that I believe God wants to speak to CLC this morning and say I have given you enough giftings, enough talents, enough opportunities to save the entire region of north central Indiana and half of the world. Would you use what I've placed in your hand? The miracle in the New Testament of the loaves and the fish where the people were hungry and Jesus looks and says, does anybody have any food at all? And they said, nobody has anything except a lad with a lad-sized lunch. And he takes some loaves and some fish that a lad had brought. And he takes it and he breaks it and puts it in baskets and places it into the hands of the disciples. The disciples go out and they feed five thousand people with a lad's lunch. That's a major multiplication. They go out and they do this and then when they're done the Lord tells them go. Don't let the scraps be laid on the ground but I want you to go 
and pick up everything. Everybody's full. Everybody has eaten. I want you to go and I want you to pick up what is remaining. I want you to pick up what they didn't eat. I want you to pick up the leftovers. And when they went and picked up the leftovers, there were 12 baskets full of leftovers. Think of this. They start with a lad-sized lunch. It's broken and put a few little chips, fish and chips, into each basket after 5,000 people eat. And they pick it up. Now the 12 baskets are full. They were obedient to God. But the point that I want to make to you this morning is that the miracle that happened with the loaves and fishes happened in the hands of the disciples. When they took what they were given and in obedience said, I will do what the master says. It doesn't make sense because 5,000 people are not going to be able to be fed just because you take a lad-sized lunch, divide it by 12, that sounds like about two bites in each of, of the baskets, puts it in the disciples' basket, puts it in their hand, and tells him, go feed 5,000. And it seemed humanly impossible. But my point that I want to make to you this morning is there are some things that God has placed in your hand. And the Lord would like to use what he's placed in your hand. Somebody says, when the Lord began to deal with me about this message this week, I'll be honest with you, I was about knee deep in mud out by a retention pond. And the Lord began to, I'm standing there with a shovel in my hand. And I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to do this? And the Lord just kind of spoke to me and said, use what's in your hand. And I thought, a shovel? God, don't you know who I am? Don't you know all the other tools and equipment that we have to be able to use? And the Lord began to impress upon me something that I feel to impress upon you this morning. And that is sometimes we feel like what we have is inadequate. A shovel will never be able to dig a retention pond. Or if any of you would like to try it, you're welcome. We'll use a time-lapse video and talk to you next year and see how far you've gotten. Because it seems impossible. But the point is, is when 12 baskets with maybe a couple of fish and chips put in each basket were put into the hands of the disciples and they were obedient to the Lord and began to do what He said. He did what was humanly impossible and performed a miracle through their efforts and because of their obedience. My point to you this morning is that if you'll take whatever little bit you have, whatever God has put in your hand, and you'll say, I'll give whatever it is to the Lord. I will, uh, whatever it is, it may not seem like much. It may say, not seem like it's great talents and great abilities and things it's going to change our world but with God that little basket that doesn't have much in it you may find out in the end when you go back and collect the leftovers that there's 12 baskets full enough to be able to feed a whole herd next time because the Lord says when I'm done you will have more and I talked to some of you this morning that's afraid that if you give, God's not going to give back to you. I come this morning to tell you, you give what you can and God will give back to you in a measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You feel like you don't have time to be faithful to God? Be faithful to God. He'll multiply your time. He'll put people in your life to give you favor. He'll do what you could never do for yourself. Could it be that the thing you've been praying for and asking God for and working toward, could it be that God has already Put the answer in your hand? Could it be that you're praying for God to do something and the Lord is looking at you scratching his head thinking, I have already given you everything that you need. I've already provided. And we're going back, oh God, oh God, would you make a way? He says, the way's in your hand. Maybe he's waiting for you. To begin to operate in the realm 
of what you already have. On exile from Egypt, Moses had adapted to the life of a nomadic shepherd watching the flock of his father-in-law. He now has forgotten that God had spared his life as a child. He wasn't remembering that God had put a plan and placed his hand upon him in the palace of Pharaoh. He wasn't considering that God had a purpose greater than his momentary reality. Now all that he could see was the the barrenness of a backside of a Midian desert. God interrupted his mediocre existence with an unusual occasion. A bush starts burning but is not being consumed. That's strange. Moses happens upon a burning bush and then the voice of God thunders out of heaven and tells him, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. And I could see some of us in that situation. A bush is burning, not being consumed. We recognize that. Moses recognized it. How is a bush on fire but it is not being consumed. A voice booms out of heaven. God says, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Some of us would have been like, okay. Oh God, show me what you want me to do. Lord, send me a sign. And the Lord's saying, is a burning bush and a voice thundering out of heaven? Is this not enough? For me to tell you I'm with you, no matter what kind of issue that you're in, no matter how alone you feel on the backside of a Midian desert, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're feeling, is it not enough for me to tell you I'm with you? I gave you a burning bush and a voice thundering out of heaven telling you to take off your shoes, do something weird and strange because God is saying, I'm trying to get your attention. I know it's just Sunday morning. I know it's just your pastor and not some guest evangelist. I know... I understand all of that, but could it be this morning that the Lord is saying, could I get your attention on a normal Sunday morning with your normal old pastor up here preaching? Could I get your attention? Could I do, do you need the voice of God to thunder out of heaven? Could it be that I could just get your attention and you understand I'm with you in your storm? I'm going and I'm going to give you whatever you need. It may be just all you need is what I have already provided you with with. I've already given you a good mind. I've already given you the ability to work and labor. I've already put co-workers in your your path. I've already put family members that need God around. I've already given you what you need to be the soul winner you're praying for. I've already opened a door of opportunity and planted you in a church where you can be used of God. What are you waiting for? Use what's in your hand. So after Moses hears the voice of God, sees a bush burning and it's not consumed, takes off his shoes because he's on holy ground, now God tells him that he is to go and lead the people out. He tells him, Moses, if you will go, you go lead, I will deliver. You can read it, it's right there, it's in your text. He says, Moses, I will do the delivering. You don't have the ability to deliver. But you do have the ability to lead. And he tells, Moses starts arguing with God. Lord, I got problems. Pharaoh's not going to hear me. He's not going to listen to me. Lord, I have a problem. I stutter. Lord, could you, I have all kinds of issues, God. There's so many reasons why 
Why in the world would God provide a bush that is burning but not consumed? A voice thundering out of heaven speaks to him audibly in a voice and tells him, this is what I want you to do. And yet Moses argues with God. We're all in pretty good company this morning because God will put a, lay something on your heart and say, hey, what you need to do is witness to this person. What you need to do is help this person. What you need to do is give to this need. What you need to do is you need to go. And we're arguing with God, but God, I don't have enough. I don't have ability. I couldn't teach a Bible study. I don't know how to witness. I don't know how to talk to people. And the Lord is standing there saying, I will provide whatever you need if you will just be willing to take a step of faith and use what's in your hand. Moses didn't feel like he could eloquently convince the people. So he tries his luck with arguing with God. How many of you have ever argued with God? Come on, be real with me. Let me see your hands real high. There's a few honest people you've argued with God. Those that don't have their hands up, just they're either asleep or don't realize what they're doing this morning. When the Lord gives you a nudge and says, you ought to just step out and worship me uninhibited today. But God, people will think things about me. You ought to go ahead and clap your hands when nobody else is clapping. I mean, are you kidding? You ought to go ahead. You know what? You ought to, you ought to just speak to that, that, that waiter that's waiting on you. You should just go ahead and you should talk to him right now and invite him to come to church with you. But, but God, there are people at other tables and he's busy. You know what, the, the lady in the checkout line behind you, you ought to just, you ought to turn around and strike up a conversation with her about the child that is in that, in that shopping basket that, that, that is just unruly. You ought to talk to her and compliment that child and open a door of opportunity and tell her you'd like to go buy her some coffee at McDonald's. You ought to, but God, I, I'm busy and, and, and I've got so much. Lord, I have so much to do and I have prayer meeting tonight. And when I get to prayer meeting tonight, I'm going to pray. And when I get there, I'm going to pray. God that you put somebody in my path that I can witness to and somebody Lord if you'll just let me I just got to get to prayer meeting I don't have time to talk to this person I'm going to get to prayer meeting where I can pray that you'll put somebody in my path that's hungry for you I don't have time to talk to the gas station attendant I don't have time to talk to my co-worker I'm off from work and I want to get home so I can get something to eat so I can get to church where we can pray and God we're going to pray you put somebody in my path that is hungry and the Lord is standing there saying hey Moses how long are you going to argue with me I've already put something in your hand you need to do what's in you use what's in your hand to paraphrase the argument Moses basically says Lord I can't do what you're calling me to do Those of you that raised your hand a minute ago that's argued with God, I have a question for you. How did that work out for you? And often our argument is, God, I can't do this. I don't have enough time, don't have enough resources, don't have enough ability. But God, I'm going to go pray that you open a different door because I don't like the one that you opened. Have you ever noticed that God often asks us to do things that we are not comfortable doing. We want a different scenario. We want a different day, a different time, a different person, a different opportunity. And the Lord is saying, I'll give you all of those other things and it'll become so much easier for you, but I'm not going to do that until you learn to use what is in your hand. I, I don't know, I don't know, I can't say my kids ask me often, Dad, what did Moses look like? That'll come home with some of you here in a little bit. They think I'm so old that I talked to Moses. They'll say, Dad, what did Moses look like? I don't know. I don't know what Moses looked like, but I know most humans. Now, there's a few, there's a few strange people here in the room that like snakes. I'm not going to call out Chris Hen this morning. Um, but most of us, 
most of us. Let's just take a poll this morning. How many of you don't like snakes? Let me see your hand. Look around you. See, Chris, you're, you're the odd man out today. <laughs> see, you're the odd man out. See? Uh, he raises snakes, by the way. God's going to deliver him from that. <laughs> and if snakes could be beautiful, he's got some beautiful ones. I've seen them on social media. That's, that's good enough. I don't need to see them in person. No show and tell next week, all right? No show and tell. All right, I know we're apostolic Pentecostals. We ain't breaking out no snakes around here. Let me just get that, let me get that straight. Come on. Most people, by nature, have a, an innate fear of snakes. It's just a natural thing. We have an innate fear of snakes. It's an internal, internal thing. Possibly, very possibly, there's a great percentage chance that Moses probably was afraid of snakes. I mean, would it have been the same thing if the Lord says, take what is in your hand, take your shepherd's rod, throw it down, and I'm going to turn it into a furry, cuddly little puppy. Now, pick it up. And you pick it up, and all of a sudden it becomes, see, the story wouldn't have the same. Anybody with me this morning? It just wouldn't have seemed. See, we want God to put things in a fairy tale way that we could imagine it to make us comfortable. And the Lord sometimes is saying, now, not going to do it that way. What we're going to do is we're going to choose your greatest fear, and I'm going to work on that greatest fear. Fear of people. Fear of being broke. Fear of not having enough time. Fear of being rejected. Oh, I ain't getting no help up here this morning. And so God begins to work in on our greatest fear. Throw, take, take that shepherd's rod, throw it down, turns it into a serpent. Most people are afraid of serpents. Then tells him, now pick up what you're afraid of. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to deal with that. Lord, I don't, uh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to need counseling. I already have issues in my life. I'm going to have to, the Lord is saying, I'm going to work. You have a fear. You're afraid to talk to people. Then I'm going to open an opportunity for you to talk. You're afraid to be, I'm going to open an opportunity. I'm going to use you somewhere. Oh, I'm afraid of public speaking. I'm afraid of teaching. I'm afraid of talking. I'm afraid I'm not smart enough. I'm afraid I could never get through a Bible. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And God said, I'm going to work on your area of fear. I'm going to try to make him because what's in your hand is being held back because you will not release it and let God work on it and then pick it back up and God say now I'm going to take what's in your hand and use it for my glory but you're going to have to be willing to let me work on what you are afraid of so that I can let something greater work through you and for your good. Thank you, Dylan. I thought so too. God, I can't do what you're calling me to do. That was sarcastic, by the way. Don't anybody leave offended, all right? God calls us to do things we aren't comfortable doing. It's a simple principle. God wants to stretch us from our comforts of mediocrity. And can I, can I just, can I spend a little time here this morning? Am I okay? Have they sped up the clock on me yet? God wants to stretch us from the comforts of mediocrity into a realm of prospering for His kingdom. See, we want to prosper for our kingdom. We want it to benefit us. Our bank accounts. I, man, I, nobody's gonna, just not gonna help me this morning. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to preach this by myself up here today. God wants to, every one of us deal with mediocrity in certain areas of our life. No matter how successful that you are, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how people look at you and say every one of us understands there's certain areas that we excel in and certain areas that we struggle with mediocrity oftentimes god god will occasionally use us in the area of our of our strengths i understand that 
But often where God wants to work on us is in our areas of mediocrity because the only real growth, see, you're not going to grow. The, the areas of your strength, if you always just operate in your area of strength and never work on your area of weakness, you're never going to grow. Your encouragement comes when you work in your area of strength. Your growth comes when you work in your area of weakness. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. When you, can, when you can accept the criticism of the books that you read, when you can accept the criticism of the people that are around you that are speaking positively, trying to help you to grow, when we can receive it and accept it and grow through it, God will use all sorts of things. We want God's voice to thunder out of heaven. Sometimes he puts a pastor in a pulpit. He puts a mama's voice or a father's voice or a grandparent's voice or a peer's voice that is speaking to you because he's saying I'm trying to work some mediocrity out of you because you're comfortable with that mediocrity and because you ignore it, you push it down, you suppress it. Now why don't you reach in down and pick up that area of weakness, the things that you're afraid of and let me strengthen your hand and make you better in that area because I have a plan to use you. You want to be used here but God says I want to use you in your weakness. Because when you're born with natural gifts and talents and people come to you and say, hey, tell me how you get from where I am to where you are. And you shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know. I was just kind of born with these gifts and I can't really help you. But I'm telling you, when you come up the rough side of the mountain and you fought your way through and you prayed your way through and you worked your way through and you dealt with stuttering to go talk to a king and you dealt with fear and you dealt with inferiority and you dealt with being left alone by your mama in a basket in, in, a, in a river somewhere when you deal with then God says I'll work on you because you have come up now you've got a testimony when somebody says how do you do it you can tell them when you don't know what to do you trust God when you're struggling you just put your faith in God when God says take what's in your hand and throw it down do what God says when he says pick up a serpent you pick it up because God will do what you cannot do. So you've got a testimony when you've worked through your weakness. Did you all hear about the time that I crested the apex of Mount Everest and placed a flag there? Did you all hear about it? You know, mountain climbers, they, they, they work for years to prepare, to try to get there. Man, I did it in 15 minutes in a helicopter. That's right, I've been to the top of Everest. Those mountain climbers don't have anything on me. That's how some people live their life. That's how some people live their life. It's different when you've been through the struggle. It's different when you've been through the test. It's different when you've dealt with rejection and you kept going. It's different when you failed 14 times trying to get to your destination, but on the 15th time you got there. Then when your kids look at you or your grandkids say, how did you do it? You just say, when you fall, you get back up. You shake off the dust and keep going. See, you've got a testimony. You can tell somebody how you got there because you worked through your struggle. You worked through your weakness. You worked through. And when you say, I can't because I've got a stuttering problem, the Lord says, Moses, I'll give you an errand to be your spokesperson but Aaron's not going for you Aaron is going to go with you because it's you that I appointed to go before the Pharaoh God stretches us he calls, he calls us to do some things to see if we're willing to trust him enough to obey him Let me, let me say this as kindly as I can. We think God needs our abilities and, and, and He uses our abilities. But God is more interested in our availability than He is our ability. You can give me the most able person that is checked out. 
or give me a willing person that is engaged and says, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to work for it. You know who's going to get the job done first and best? It's going to be the person that is available. Because the person with the great ability oftentimes relies on their talents and gifts. But the person that makes themselves available gets here early and gets in the prayer room and says, God, I can't lead this service. God, I can't preach this message. God, I can't play this instrument. God, I can't teach this class. God, I can't be a witness. God, I can't. It's the person that relies and depends on God, wakes up early every morning and prays and says, God, you know that coworker. God, you know that friend. God, you know that family member I'm going to encounter today. I can't do this. You've got to help me. God, you've got to see me through it and God says hey that availability I'm going to use because when you can't I will. I see you're just a shepherd on the backside of a desert but I'm going to put you in a palace speaking to a Pharaoh. So my question for you today is what is it that God has put in your hand? Do you recognize that your answer may already be in your hand? Of all the things that you're praying for, could it be that God's put in your hand? I, 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 don't, I don't know what you may be thinking. Maybe what I have is not that much. It amounts to nothing. It doesn't amount to too much. Moses had a shepherd's rod. It was a piece of wood. It was a stick. That's all he had, a piece of wood. What Moses didn't know at the time was that God was going to use a base element of the earth, a piece of wood, to bring about a miracle of deliverance. God told him to throw it down and pick it up. God's showing, God's checking his, his Moses' judgment. Do I trust my own instincts of leaving the serpent alone or do I do what God tells me to do? But that wasn't the end of the shepherd's rod. God used what Moses already had in his hand to bring about multiple miracles. With the rod that was in his hand, the people were brought up out of Egypt. It may, it may be that God has already placed some things in your care. You're praying for this door to open or for that, and the Lord's saying, the door is already open. The opportunity is already there. I'm waiting for you to start using what's in your hand. I want, I, you know, I, I'm praying, I'm, I'm, I'm at NAYC and there's 37,000 people gathered in that arena. And I'm praying and saying, God, someday, someday, Lord, I'd like to have that stage. I'd like to preach to 37,000 people. Lord, sometimes I just, Lord, if you'd like to open that door of opportunity, I'd be glad to step through it. And the Lord is saying, why don't you just do what I've called you to do? Could it be that when you start using what God has already put in your hand, the miracle that you've been praying for, the opportunity you've been praying for will be revealed to you? Maybe the miracle, maybe the answer is already in your grasp. It was with that rod that he threw down that looks as if it was almost magic. He throws down a stick it becomes a serpent. He picks it up. It becomes a rod again. It's with that rod Moses struck the waters of the Nile River and it turned to blood. God brought the plague of frogs out of the waters upon the Egyptians. Moses struck the dust and God brought forth the plague of gnats. Fire came down of, out of heaven. A plague of locusts was brought forth. The Red Sea was divided for the saving of God's people and for the destruction of the Egyptians. Moses struck a rock and water comes forth out of the rock and then the rock follows him. Held high, Israel's warriors prevailed in battle as long as the rod was held high. And just think, it wasn't anything supernatural. It was just a piece of wood. I ask you the question, that God asked Moses this morning as I approach the conclusion of this message. What do you have in your hand? Maybe God has already put a miracle within your grasp. 
To Moses, it was insignificant. He was insignificant. But to God, it was all that he needed. His insignificance was all that God needed. I know it may not seem like much to you, but with God. So 1 Peter chapter 4, our text, the apostle Peter begins to write, as every man receiveth the gift, every man receiveth the gift, every man, every man, every man. Every one of you in this room, God has gifted you with something. There is something that everybody in this room that can do that is probably you can do it better than anybody else. Some has one talent, some has another, some has this gift, some has another. Some say, well, my gift is insignificant. There's some of you here that can juggle. I can't juggle. Sometimes I wish I could juggle. A juggling act would be better than my sermons. What about your juggling act? Maybe it could open an opportunity for a children's ministry. Maybe it could open an opportunity for you to be able to gather a crowd of kids and talk to them about the Lord. Are you serious, Pastor? There is, if you'll just recognize what God's put in your hands, ministries could explode through this church. But the deal is we're praying, God, what I'm looking for, you know, I want that NAYC stage. I had somebody come to me one time and said, Pastor, just want you to know God's called me to preach. I said, wonderful, good. He said, yep, I was praying the other night and God showed me that I was going to be on the platform preaching youth camps and camp meetings. I said, how many Bible studies have you taught? Well, none yet. But God's already showed you the big stage, did he? Yeah, he's already shown me the big stage. Let me tell you how God works. He says, if you'll just use what you, if you'll be faithful over the few, If you'll be faithful with what you have, if you'll take what you have, I will bless you with something greater. You know how I've watched and seen ministries grow? It started in nursing homes with, with young kids. Pushing elders up and down the hall and going in a class, in, in, a, in a room and just talking to them and just praying with them and going to the next room and getting them around a piano and singing in a nursing home. And God said, I'm going to take you from here to the next stage to the next. It starts with small, it starts with what you have. It starts with where you are. It starts in your home. It starts with your family. It starts with your co-workers. It starts with the people that you rub shoulders with every day. It starts there. What's in your hand? What opportunity has God given you? And what are you doing with it? The Lord said, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same. Use what's in your hand to minister. That's what the apostle is telling us. Use what you have to minister. We just need to start using what we've got. All Jochebed had in her hand was some straw, but she wove it into a basket to shelter Moses. All Miriam had in her, in her hand was a tambourine, but she used it to lead the people to celebrate God's faithfulness. Hannah had a small child in her hand, but when she gave him to God, he became a great prophet and leader over God's people. All Ruth had was a stalk of grain, but God used it to sustain her family and her nation. All the little boy had was a sack lunch, but the Lord used it when he put it in his hand to feed 5,000. All the widow had was enough food for one more meal for her and her son, but God used it to feed the prophet and her oil and her meal never ran out because when you invest what you have, when you take what's in your hand, God will make sure you always have enough. Stand with me. So what do you have in, the, in your hand? A phone, that's all I have, Pastor. i got a phone in my hand. How many people have you called to invite to church? Oh, Pastor, are you serious? How many backsliders have you texted in the last week and just said, hey, thinking about you, love you, care about you? Pastor, I don't have anything. You have a social media account? Stop using it to gossip. Run people down, hurt people. How much good are you doing with it? You promoting the things of God? Promoting the church? Promoting the church services? Promoting 
people showing up to church on Sunday. What, what small thing, Pastor, it may be all it takes. A guest drives into Walmart, looks across the way and sees a sign. Sees a flashing sign out in front of the building. Comes and parks in the parking lot and watches, watches the sign as it goes through. Saw excerpts of our service, no sound. Thought it was so interesting. On Sunday he showed up. Oh, pastor, it's just a small thing. It may just be a church sign that causes somebody to walk in the door and hear the gospel message preached. What do you do with the opportunities you've been given? What about today? What about this moment? God's given you this moment. He gave you this service. The worship's been wonderful. The atmosphere's been good. The kids are having a blast in their class. Pastor stayed within the boundaries of his allotted sermon time. Things are going good. We're almost out. We're just, Pastor, if you'll just dismiss and let us go home. I can. But what about this opportunity that God has given you? Maybe if you haven't given your heart to the Lord, the Lord is saying, this is what I put in your hand today. Today I gave you this service, an opportunity for you to make a change in your life. Oh, man, I, I need change in my life, the Lord's saying. What have I put in your hand? I gave you this service today. I gave you this opportunity. I gave you this altar call that I'm just about to, to this invitation I'm about to give here in just a moment. God's put it in your hand. He's put prayer warriors here to come and love on you and pray with you. He's given Bible study teachers to teach you. He's put so much at your fingertips today. And the Lord is saying, you're, you're over here going, oh, I just need, oh, I just need, to, I need something just to magically. And the Lord is saying, I'll put it right at your fingertips. Now, what will you do with it? Will you respond will you respond today what will you do with what God has put in your hand heads are bowed eyes are closed around the room what will you do with this moment that God has put in your hand everybody's looking for their big ministry their big break their big opportunity but what about what God has already put in your hand could it be that God has already answered your prayer and placed it in your hand the answer is there maybe God's calling some who he has gifted to cook maybe he's costing he's calling you to host a new members dinner maybe God's bless some financially and he's saying so what's in your hand maybe others he's given talents to sing or he's given you there's various gifts maybe some he's given personality to meet people and he's saying what are you doing with it are you coming early to greet are you cleaning the church are you working in the kingdom of God with what I've called you to do but above all what about your soul what about this moment? Before we look to tomorrow, think not to tomorrow, but I want you to think about today, this moment. Most of us use what we can't do to keep us from doing what we can do. The Lord has given you this moment and He's saying you can. It's just up to you. Are you going to let fear keep you from stepping out into the aisle and making your way to the front of this room today? Are you going to, you're going to let fear or doubt affect you today nobody's looking around heads are bowed, eyes are closed the church is praying with me now if you're in the room today and God's spoken to your heart and you want a change in your life and maybe you don't even know what that change really looks like but it's the first step just to step out and say I don't really know what this means I don't really know everything about this but I'm going to take a step and this step today is just going to be a step of faith I'm just going to walk to the front of this room and I'm just going to say to God Lord you lead me down this path I'm going to I'm going to take every opportunity you put in my hand and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say yes to your to your opportunities if that's you this morning Maybe you don't want to walk alone. Maybe you want to take a neighbor by the hand and you want to walk with that neighbor today. But in just a moment, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to come forward. Make up your mind now. Will you wait 
for another opportunity or another chance, or will you take the opportunity that God has put in your hand today? Right now, all over this building, God, I pray over every person. I pray over every guest and every member alike. I pray over the young and the old. I pray over man and woman today, whomever it may be in this room that your voice has spoken to. I pray, Lord, that you give them courage to act today. Act on on the faith, Lord, that I have spoken and preached, Lord. For you have given us this opportunity to do, Lord, to act, to move, to come to you. Right now, before you think any longer about it, why don't you take this opportunity, step from where you are, come to the front of this room, and give your heart to the Lord. Here's your opportunity. What are you going to do with this opportunity God's put in your hand? Come now, come now, come now. God bless you. People are moving from all over the building. Come join us here in the front of the room right now. Don't miss this opportunity. Here's your day. This is the day the Lord is Lord. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. Oh, you can use anything, Lord, you can use Come on, there's still time this morning. Come on, let's pray all over the room. Let's touch God. Let's just turn this place into a prayer room for a moment. Just you and God. Just you and God. Touch my heart. Touch my heart, Lord, speak for me. If you can use. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Come on, let this song be your prayer today. All over the room, say. Come on, commit that prayer to the Lord now. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Touch my heart, touch my heart, Lord. Speak for me. Oh, if you can use, use anything, Lord, you can use Come on now, lift up your voice with me and sing this song as a prayer. You can, can use. Come on with a sincere heart to the Lord. Oh. 